Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Hey, what's going on, fellow homebrewers? We are back. It's Dr. Homebrew. We're back in the studio here in the virtual Zoom, uh, Zoom built studio. And uh, we have some homebrew to discuss. And then we have a cool conversation to have with the homebrewer. And it's not just about homebrew. And that's all I'm really going to say. And with me, of course, are Brian and Brian, the Council of Brian's. Part of the Council of Brian's, anyway. What's going on, fellas? Hello. Hi, Jason. Hi. Hello. I'm about to open a can of, you guessed it, celebration. Celebration. I knew it. Of course. I still have, like, I don't know... 30 mm. I feel I like thought. I feel like sometimes not saying like I shouldn't say that because someone's going to rob me like I genuinely you know it's like one uh, of those like uh, uh, um you know you don't don't talk about your wealth cuz then you're going to get you know robbed like that you're putting on public facebook I'm going on vacation for 2 weeks and here's my address <laughs> yeah right exactly going out to a club with real diamonds on like that's not what uh, you know uh, um <laughs> I'm posting online with real celebration ale in a sort of a dirty glass, honestly. You're probably more worried that it's going to, uh, the, f- the freshness is going to fade before you get to that 30th can. Never. No, I'm never to worried about it. Where it's just See, sure. I'm, it is one of the beers, and don't worry, I'm not going to go on forever about it. Uh, but it's one of the beers where I, I appreciate the journey that it goes on. I was baiting you, you there. Yeah. I know you were. You're a master at that. And yo, JP, I haven't bought a 12 pack of beer in probably three years until. Last uh, December, when I bought, I think, two 12-packs of Celebration and drank them all by right after New Year's. There you go. So, yeah, it's it's real good stuff. Now, I would suggest that you might want to consider hand-digging a hole about 10 feet deep in your backyard, putting your Celebration at the bottom of that hole, then filling in the hole so you get the benefit of that, that lower temperature in the ground, but you also protect it from thieves. See, there you go. I just drink it and pee it into the ground. Yeah, I let the local sewer system... Hold my my <laughs> urine. I don't know, whatever. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Before we get to Ryan, I do want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com slash homebrew hyphen club hyphen program. Right now, sign up for the homebrew club program. It's a really cool program. They give you uh, you know free product, exclusive discounts, monthly educational seminars, and free stuff as well. So if you want to give back and support, uh, you know, Five Star, which is one of the pinnacles of of the whole homebrewing movement, I really believe that, like, um, you know, when Five Star came on the scene, they really revolutionized how you can clean and sanitize at home. You know, with the whole uh, iodine-based stuff beforehand, it was a pain in the butt. Everybody knows it was staining mm-hmm. tubing, and you didn't really know how long, or if you used too much of it. That was a lot of problems, and when uh, I was working the showroom at Morbier, people would come in, oh, my homebrew kind of tastes weird, and it's like, oh, you use iodine, don't you? 
Yeah. Okay. I can, <laughs> I can taste it. I can taste it. Can't really do that with, uh, with five star. So anyway, they're, they're great supporters of not only homebrewing, of course, but of this show. So please check them out. And if uh, you're interested at all in any of the information that they have to give out, or, you know, like I said, free stuff before it hits the market or, you know, big discounts, sign up for their homebrew club program off of their website. It'll help you. And it'll show that you are interested in their products. And you can also send them an email. Thank them. Hey, thanks for supporting the show, guys. Appreciate it. You know what I saw the other day that was really cool? What's that? Liquid PBW. Liquid I saw that, PBW. What the? I, I, that I is saw awesome. that in new. I saw it in new a new brewer for for craft beer professionals. So I went and looked online for it. Like, well, I wonder if they're selling this to home brewers. And sure enough, you know, more beer among others has. You know, twenty nine ninety nine. Here's on on Google, thirty two ounces of liquid star sand, uh, for uh, was it like for twenty nine ninety nine? PBW, liquid PBW. Apparently, it mix. Apparently, it mixes better, which is always like the downside of PBW is that powder doesn't always get into solution. So, man, I that liquid PBW sounds like it'd be pretty awesome. See, look at that, innovating already. Even even now, who would have thought there was room left? For innovation, but uh, Five Star got you covered. That's neat, man. I'm going to try that. I do like the powdered stuff, too, because like I said before, I, I use it to clean other other stuff in my house. Like, it's a great cleaner for my sink because it gets that scrub, you know, and whatever. And sometimes I like that the granules don't necessarily all disintegrate because you can, you know, because I leave my shit, man. I leave stuff in it. My my fermenter usually in the side port usually has some dried yeast or whatever in it, and it's just great to really <laughs> grime in there. You can make a paste out of it and really get it in there. So uh, everything has its uses, man. What are you gonna exactly. do, right? Yeah. Uh, all right, Ryan, what's up, dude? Hey, how's it going, how's man? Doing? Ah, good. you know, good we're to be here. doing all right. We're doing all right, man. We're surviving. I'm trying to adjust all my lights in my studio, and uh, I don't know if Appreciate I'm doing a good job. Having me on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sending beer. More importantly, you know who cares about us? Yeah, sure. Who cares about us? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, okay. So you have a cool story, man. We're going to talk about it for sure. Your brewery right or your company is Old Standby Brewing. I don't know. Let's let's not talk about it yet. We're, we'll save it for the next segment because <laughs> I want to hear more about what you're doing. Uh, you're cool. basically like a, one of the, what they call gypsy brewers, but you have a good read. You, you brew for causes, and I think that's really cool. It's something right. pretty unique in the space. So. Uh, we'll save sure. that. But what's the beer that you that you sent us this time, man? It's a big Imperial Coffee Stout. Okay, yeah. big Imperial Coffee Stout. Now, you have you done something like this before? Yeah, I've been doing it, kind of tweaking the recipe for the last couple years. Okay, um, trying to trying to get it right, trying to figure out how to do it, how to how to leave a little residual sweetness in there after it's done fermenting, so that when you bitter it with that coffee, it kind of can still balance out. It, it's a hard so, one. Yeah, this is this man, would be a, yeah. a hard uh, a hard recipe to you know to perfect. A lot of coffee. Got to get through a lot of coffee. That's a great <laughs> label that JP just held up to the screen for yeah. anyone that is listening to the podcast. Well, see, I, I want to talk about how you got. I just want to jump to all the things, but we got to go through the beer first. So yeah, let's uh, actually let's talk about who you brewed this with first. Uh, this one was just on my own here. I oh, okay. A- yeah, I have a 20 barrel electric system here and a couple 14 barrels. Nice. I mean, uh, <laughs> a 20 gallon system. That was going to say, dude, ah, yeah. what ah, the hell's ah, going ah, on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 20 gallon system, couple 14 gallon fermenters. Okay. And a little glycol chiller. And you're set, dude. So you're just, kitted out. Yeah. Okay. I brew about 20, 25 times a year here on this system. Cool. Wow. And, uh, 
Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a ton, man. That's a lot. All right. Well, let's get yeah. to the beer. Cooper. For sure. That's good. Yeah. You got a, you got beer on your shirt. Let's okay. do it. Yeah. We're getting ready for the Livermore Valley Craft Beer uh, Fest coming up in a couple of months, a few months. Right on. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And they do have beer crawling downtown Livermore in February. So I'm thinking about those guys. We have some fun. That's coming up Thursday. Anyway, <laughs> anyone want to join me? Um, I, I might. Yeah. Uh, so in the aroma, I'm getting a really pleasant dark roast coffee up front and uh, medium dark roast malt notes kind of alongside that. No hops, a very cl- uh, clean ale fermentation is apparent. A low sweet alcohol is poking through, uh, no DMS or diacetyl. Um, really pleasant, but quite coffee forward, I would say. Um, sure. I gave it eight out of 12 on aroma. Uh, the beer is just jet black with a, a brownish dark tan head that sticks around for eons. It's really creamy and textured. Um, clarity of the beer is next to impossible to discern, but uh, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt, say it's clear and give full three points for appearance. Flavor-wise, that rich coffee hits you on the first sip. Um but it's also smoothly sweet. Uh, there's some sweet alcohol in there, uh, some vanilla-like notes, uh, rich imperial um, stout. It's, it's, those kind of malts are playing a, um, a stronger role here than in the aroma, but the coffee still wins hard. <laughs> there's a lot of um, like cocoa-like character to it, like a soft kind of creamy cocoa, coffee and cream kind of flavors. Everything combines kind of nicely, um, but that sweet, you know, it's just like sweet coffee. It's like, it's, right. it, and the coffee is really fresh, which is impressive. Um, and again, it covers up some of the other elements of this. The beer is obviously malt balanced. Yeah, um, you're, we're talking about bitterness a little bit. You're, the, the beer has some of these imperial stouts with, yeah, with coffee, you get really sharp and biting. This one has a kind of a medium low to medium kind of bitterness um it seems like most of that's from probably from the the malts and a little bit from the coffee um so it finishes and it finishes you know semi-sweet towards towards sweet (laughs) not cloying or anything but you know very forward almost like a dessert (laughs) um i landed at a 14 out of 20 on the flavor um mouthfeel wise medium full-bodied it's really smooth um there is some warmth there. I would say it's 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 medium, but but it's not biting or hot. Medium, medium low, bordering on medium uh, CO two. It's it, it's pushing up a good head, but it's not like really carbonic feeling. Um, but just big overall. It's a bit fuller seeming than even the body would suggest with everything going on here. That the the creaminess of that. Um, there's no astringency here. I just know there's a lot of sugars and, 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 or dextrins left in the solution here that you just feel them in your mouth. And uh, it didn't, you know, I don't know. We'll find out how far down it fermented out at the end. Uh, But uh, I imagine it, it had a pretty high finishing gravity four out of five for mouthfeel. Overall, this is a, a good example of how to get very fresh coffee into a beer. So I, you know, I would like to talk to you once we get to that point about how you did your coffee extraction. Um, 
and how you avoided that dreaded green pepper gnarliness that you can get sometimes in a coffee beer. Um, but it's just so much. It, it, it covers up a fair amount of the otherwise really nice style components here. And the sweetness is pushing up a bit high as well. I let it at a seven out of 10 for overall impression, um, totaling to a, a, a 36, which is just, you know, toward the top end of very good uh, for that. I think, you know, to improve the beer, if you find a way to back off the sweetness, back off the coffee a little bit, but keep that fresh coffee character with it, but just let the, let the stout, uh, characters play through a little bit better i don't know how long this is aged it doesn't seem like it's a long aged beer but sometimes this happens over time as well if you save save some bottles but um yeah really wonderfully drinkable beer just the, the only deductions are really for kind of the balance to me but yeah for sure. i'm interested to hear what uh what brian has to say about it as well and jp even totally oh i got okay. things to say especially about what you just said uh, but that's okay <laughs> We'll let Char go first, and then and then I'll flail Cooper. Uh, uh, so, so Ryan, uh, yeah. thank you for sending this beer in. Uh, I have to ask my usual question, of course: Are you in a homebrew club? I'm not in a homebrew club. No, uh, no. In it's Salem, beer, own- there, there there isn't much going on here in Salem. I've met up with some other dudes here around town, and some some of the people in Portland, and uh, a little bit down in Eugene, but never never joined up in a club myself. Yeah. Meeting up with a few dudes around town kind of sounds sketchy. Uh, so you, I mean, you might want to be wary of that. It depends on what yeah. you're into, man. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's uh, sometimes sometimes it's best to be by yourself when you're brewing. I don't know. That's right. Well, yeah, they need to and share have, all those big fermenters. Exactly. You you, yeah, I know. Yeah, right. how, how, do, how do you do you have like a ton of friends that come over and drink your beer? That's a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a little October canner, so I can I okay. can some beer up and just pass it out wow. and um yeah for sure and enter i use some of it to enter in some competitions and nice so, yeah so we get we get through it well you're getting if you're you're brewing at you know bulk for a home brewer which is probably good practice for brewing in bulk as a craft brewer because <laughs> that's sure. what you'll be doing all day every day probably that, yeah, totally. that you're not trying to sell beer uh anyway exactly. uh enough of that uh i really like this beer i thought it was was really nice uh Aroma, high level of roasted malt. Uh, I got less coffee aroma than Brian did, but I also judged this probably colder than I should have. I judged it really warm last night, and now I'm judging it colder, and I think it plays a little better on the colder side. I had it sitting out for quite a while last night, and I I maybe should have... avoided that or cooled it back down and i don't know so, sometimes that's just the way it goes and especially when you got a small child you, you have every intention of judging and then you have to come back two hours later and and do it so we, we've all been there uh i got a low plum slash stone fruit aroma not you know huge fruit but a little fruit uh no obvious hop aroma no off flavors or diacetyl gave it nine out of 12 for aroma uh appearance you know it's opaque even in front of a light you know, usually stouts, they're pretty opaque, but you can get something at the edge. You'll, you'll really catch some color right there. And that was almost impossible to do. I got a little ruby looking stuff in like black. It's like that Spinal Tap album, the black album. Uh, it's it's kind of like that. The head is low and persistent. You know, three out of three for appearance. A flavor. Initially, the flavor is uh, kind of roasty, malty. 
with less roast and more uh, more of the coffee, which is kind of the opposite of the aroma, which is interesting. Uh, it doesn't mean anything one way or another. It's not going to knock any points off or add any points. It's just always kind of interesting how some beers can sort of have an aroma that says it's, it's you're going to be drinking A, and you end up drinking something related to that, but maybe flipped on its head. What one over A? <laughs> sure. But that that was yeah. really interesting. Um, I got a uh, yeah. There's some more of that uh, uh, sort of current slash plum stone fruit type aroma or a flavor. Low ethanol sweetness is present, uh, not the ha- the harsh fusel. And there is a difference in beers like this. If you're drinking a high alcohol beer and it comes across harsh or fusely, that's not what it's supposed to be. That's that's bad fermentation. Uh, what you really want is kind of a sweetness you get from the ethanol. And that's here. And it, it's present and it's noticeable, but it's it fits into everything else in, in the flavor. Uh, mid-palate, uh, hot bitterness comes up to balance the uh, the, the malt, uh, the finish. Uh, you know, it's, got, it's long, malty, very well attenuated. I'll be curious what your OG and final gravity were on this because it doesn't come across thick and cloying and big. It comes across hugely flavorful, but not like a thing you're going to chew for lunch and be done. Uh, sure. So uh, let's see. So 14 uh, for flavor. Uh, mouthfeel, five out of five. Body is high. Carbonation's medium. Uh, definite warming. <clears throat> not astringent. Not creamy, but not perky either. It's it's a Russian imperial stout, or it's an imperial stout. It's you know, you can have almost no carbonation in these. And I appreciate kind of the the medium level of carbonation. I think that does a lot for the perceived attenuation. It kind of lifts any heaviness off the tongue. So maybe this is like badly attenuated, but it's carbonated well enough that it, it masks that. I, I don't know, but uh, uh, well done. Uh, overall impression, uh, I gave it an eight for a total of 39. Uh, I really like this beer. Uh, I thought the coffee was used uh, very skillfully without overwhelming the flavor or the aroma. But kind of what, as to what Cooper and I just had discussed, maybe if this warmed up another half an hour, maybe this is one you want to drink right away. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, everything is balanced to make this a harmonious whole. Uh, if I changed anything, I'd add more aroma hops because you know, technically, according to the guidelines, you're supposed to have some hop aroma. I don't think a lot of Imperial stouts have much, if any, hop aroma. Uh, you know, you, you might think about that or play with it. If this is a beer you brew often uh, or some frequency, you might just play with it, add some more, maybe add some fruitier rather than these, these came across a little more, a little more earthy, uh, I think. But the like you know, maybe addition. Like, yeah, like yeah, just a very, times. yeah, just a very, very at the end for aroma, maybe a little bit of flavor. But again, I, I think this is a, a good beer without that. That right. just might might for some judges that might put it a little bit higher up because they'll look the oh this guidelines say uh, hop aroma has to be low I'm not getting any so I'm I'm gonna knock it down some uh, right. if you're brewing for competition that might give you a point or two so thank you very much I appreciate thank you for sharing this is this is really nice yeah, totally. and between uh, judging this earlier and the show I think I plan to finish drinking this this bottle it's too good <laughs> to pour pour down. Appreciate the feedback, Cooper. What did uh, what did you give it? Um, I let it at thirty six, but I could come up 36. after listening to some of some of uh, Brian's comments mm-hmm. there. I think. Mm-hmm. We're, we're within three, but I think that you're not your comments aren't invalid, Brian. I think yeah. we just drank this beer at different stages of its 
its thermal evolution. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mike, yeah. I, I it's maybe a little, it's probably better colder, like most beers. Yeah. Drinking it tonight, I'm feeling like it's just, it's, it plays a little better. And it's, it's, um, you know, that, that sweetness isn't lingering on my tongue as much. And it's interesting. It, it's nice. So I, I screwed up um, and I left this beer out uh, until about eight minutes before we went live to put it in the freezer. So it's like basically room temperature. I think it's great. I mean, I, I would give it a 42. Personally, I like coffee stouts. I like uh, I love coffee and I love the way people use them uh, or use that as an ingredient. It's one of the few ingredients I think that I can I can that just comes to mind that there's basically one way to get it across. Every other way you get coffee across has that green pepper or watery or it tastes like grounds. This tastes like I, yeah. like coffee. There's a little bit of earthiness to the coffee where it's like, you know, it's like um coffee just brewing. I I I guess I don't know. I drink a lot of coffee. Um but you know and it's 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 a it's a coffee with stout in it. It's not a beer with with coffee in it, and I I have a feeling that's what you're going for. So like maybe stylistically, it's probably not really you know like the guys were saying the more the beer should probably shine shine through a little bit. But man, is it ever delicious! I, the only thing that I would comment on is maybe get a little more body, maybe or a little more uh, malt flavor. I think like Char maybe was saying, but even that is with coffee. I think the the reason coffee works with the beer like this is because it it blends so well, it's hard to find that line. And I think if a coffee stout is done well, it should just ease right into the next note. It, you shouldn't have that line. So I think that, that the fact that it's hard to find is sort of okay. I'm okay with it. Right. Um, the coffee might be a little on the bitter side, just a little bit for me, but that's why it's a 42 and not a 50. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great, this is a great coffee stout. I would buy this. I would definitely drink more of this. Um, yeah, well done. The, the chocolatey notes are there, uh, but it finishes dry. Uh, I don't get a whole lot of you know extra sweetness on it. The coffee flavor is right on. It it packs a punch. It smacks you in the mouth, but not not overpowering because at the end it still finishes with that malt, you know, sweetness a little bit, a little acidity there, a little acrid. Um, yeah, I, fantastic. I can't wait to 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 get into the beer, man. Yeah, it's, it seems to me like it might be like you said. It, you know, he he worked mm -hmm. around the coffee and added mm -hmm. the ingredients and the uh, the techniques to get it so that the coffee would play right and have everything else kind of supporting it and blending harmoniously with it. Because it is a really enjoyable beer, and it does, you know, the balance for just drink, an enjoyable drink is is very good. I'm yeah. I'm maybe being a little too hard at it and looking for you know getting a you know imperial stout a balanced imperial stout and then getting coffee in tandem with that. That's what you're supposed to do though. That's your yeah. job. Okay. You know, that's, that's, that's why you hired me. Sir. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no. uh, but that's what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to be judging these according to the style where I am. I'm more of a rebel, so I don't do that. But wow, maybe make, make it into a new style. You know, if it's, you're doing something really special with it, you could enter it as a specialty, but then they might just say, Well, why don't you just enter it as a spice or vegetable? Mm. It's a 38, dummy. But you know, um, if you turn it into something magical, like JP saying, a coffee drink with stout flavors or something instead of being the other way around, yeah, uh, it might be something cool to play with. I like it. Like I said, just the, there's a little bit of acrid acridity, uh, left over that I'm not a huge fan of, but I don't, I would, I would 
I would I would buy it again for sure. This would be on rotation. I really I really like it. Uh, let's start. Uh, you want to share the recipe with us, and then we can talk about how you did the coffee and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So on this one, I I did it for a eleven about eleven gallon finished finished batch. So there's about fifty pounds of malt in there, um, wow. <laughs> which pretty much maxes out maxes out my twenty gallon uh, mash tun. So you can imagine efficiency is just like in the toilet for sure. <laughs> right. so, uh, so do you even so this bother is the first time? Do you even bother first like first time in Go ahead, Char. No, I'm, I'm sorry. You, I was going to JP. I am the host. I told you to go ahead. You listen okay. to me, goddammit. You go <laughs> ahead. Well, listen go to ahead, you. Brian. In in 15 years of listening to the Brewing Network and being on the Brewing Network, I have never Never once, hundreds of hours of shows, thousands of hours of shows, shows heard a home brewer put 50 pounds of grain <laughs> into anything. All right, into their home system. That's you like you win home brewing this month. That's right. A whole sack of grain into this one batch. Yeah. And wild, it's only man. double double the size or so of most people's batches. That's crazy. For sure. Yeah. So it's like 37 pounds of base malt. And then all the specialty malt i guess there's two there's two pounds of brown sugar that i add in the boil so i guess those two pounds weren't in the weren't in the mash tun so actually only 40 48 pounds you know so i might have just lost the uh <laughs> oh i i think yeah. you're still still way in still the lead. Running, just, that's not, yeah. a, not a photo finish <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah it's got a it's got um some crystal 60 in there some flaked oats Roasted barley, um, some crystal one forty. There um, you go. Okay. Two different two different chocolate malts and some black patent. You got uh, then, percentages uh, or, or weights on that for us? Yeah. So yeah, yeah about seventy five percent is the base malt. Okay. And then four percent each for the crystal sixty and the flaked oats and the roasted barley, and then two percent each on the. I put some Karistan, the 3037 in there, the UK. Um, so there's 2% of that, 2% chocolate, uh, dark chocolate, 2% crystal 140, and 2% pale chocolate. And then 1.5% of black patent. And then that leftover 4% is the two pounds of brown sugar that goes in into the boil. So wow. yeah, pretty, pretty hefty. It's the biggest beer that I brew, and I usually only brew it once a year. Um, just because it's, it's 50 pounds of <laughs> well, yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What, that's a lot how much hops let's go hops for a second just to just to yeah, laugh at so, the, uh, the 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 disparity there yeah it's a 90 minute boil so i do a 90 minute edition of warrior so it's like a 60 bu cal- when it's calculated out it's only two and a half ounces of warrior <laughs> but, you know <laughs> it's 18 <laughs> you know at 18 alphas it's eight, you know, eighteen percent alpha. So yeah, and they're they're in there for the full ninety. So yeah. okay, wow, yeah. So yeah, it's it's it maxes out the system for sure. And I have to I have to stir the crap out of it multiple times during during research, and I have to underlet a couple times just because the the false bottom gets pretty, you know, pretty uh, it gets sure. pretty caked down at the bottom, you know. So yeah. I have to push some. Push some hot water. So luckily, there's a little bit of room on the top, so I can force some hot water in. Oh, so you and, you uh, plug it uh, in. You you plug in like your hot liquor tank or whatever, and you pump water, hot yeah, clean water to up like, to push the grain bed up a little bit. Okay, yeah, that's a good to, idea. Yeah, push that false bottom, 
clean, like kind of clear out the false bottom a little bit and mm-hmm. get it, get it flowing again. Cause yeah, once you get towards the end, the, the research is pretty slow, mm-hmm. you know, as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, regular, a regular size beer. So sure. Um, yeah. You're so a very brave man. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's why this is only a once a year beer, but yeah, dude. My, my, one of my good pals is a, is a brewer, a pro brewer uh, down in Orange County. And he's been working with me on this recipe. His name's Jared. And, uh, he's, he's been the, the brewer at Teston Brewing down in Orange County. Yeah. And now he's brewing over at Bearded Tang in Stanton. And, uh, so yeah, he's been working with me on this. He's won, he's won quite a bit of medals with, uh, at world beer cup and GABF with this, this style of beer. And so I'm, he's been helping me out a little bit, trying to get it, get it close to, uh, you know, to what he's doing. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. It's getting there. Good to this have like friends my, like that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is like my third, I think about third or fourth year <laughs> I've been brewing it, but yeah, like I said, only once a year. So yeah. So what, uh, uh what about the yeah. coffee? Um, I think that in secondary, sure. what kind of, what kind of co- uh, coffee and how you getting it? Yeah. The coffee goes in, in the keg actually at cold temps. So once, once the beer is completely done, it's, it's crashed and it's over and I keg it. Then I do a coarse ground, um, on the beans and sanitize a couple of, couple bags and just soak it in the, right in the keg for 24 to 36 hours. It's, it's pretty quick. And so I can, I can do a smaller dose and then I pull it out and sample the beer and then decide whether or not that amount of bitterness is kind of balancing out all that malt sweetness or not. And then, so this time I actually added a second round, which is why the aroma on there is just kind of off the charts with coffee. It's killer, dude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, are you, so. are you, are you accounting for some of that bitterness from the coffee in your hop addition? So you kind of sure. lighten the load a little bit, so to speak. Yeah. Because I mean, on paper, the beer is, from that hop edition, that one warrior edition, it is about a 60 BU, but hmm. for how sweet that this beer finishes, um, yeah, I don't really know how to calculate the bitterness that's going to come from that coffee other than just tasting it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You can't, yeah. there's, so, there's no way. That's interesting. Cause I've, sure. I've had beers yeah. that, you know, do that. We just like soak the beans and there's not, or the, the, the grounds and there's not as pronounced or rounded of a coffee flavor. So I got to imagine with your malt bill, I got to imagine some of that malt bill is sort of adding back to, to that coffee. That's that interplay that we were talking about a little bit ago, um, sure. which is, I mean, which is great. And that's what you want to do. You want to, you want to build your beer around your main ingredient like that. I think for something like this. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the OG wow. is like at 11, 1105 about 1107 right in there it's a pretty he's a pretty big starting gravity the fucking hydrometer just shot up it's like (laughs) like when you take a pencil and you throw it up in the ceiling to stick Uh, it's like that just there it is that's up there yep wow that's wild man yeah that's a great it's great what uh what kind of coffee what are you doing for that i mean you're in 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 the land of coffee up there so in Oregon. seriously i've tried i've tried so many different brands and so many different like local roasters and uh yeah like it's kind of shameful actually but i keep going back well i've I've gone back a couple times with different coffee additions to an italian roast from Mm -hmm. a major brand there we go don't really want to say you know okay um, yeah yeah so 
All right. I really like the flavor of this Italian roast and yeah. to drink, you know, just to drink as coffee. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for a coffee that I really like and really enjoy. Well, and, I will you know, say that, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to assume, and you don't have to say, but sure. the, to this day, <laughs> and maybe it's because I first started, it was like the first one I ever had, but this, the, the first coffee stout I really ever had was from Red Hook. It was like that double... Fuck what the fuck with like double black or something oh, yeah. like that. And I that remember was, that. Yeah, and that was made with double strength Starbucks Italian roast coffee. And I tell everybody every time I can, like that to me is the that's the best way to get the that flavor in. And I think that's also right. the coffee. And I think what a lot of people don't understand uh, because I'm super smart, right? My brain's too big. Mm. Um, what people <laughs> don't understand about using coffee, it's not just any coffee. You can't do it. It's it's an agricultural ingredient, just like anything else that we use. And uh, Guatemalan coffee is going to taste different than a Sumatran coffee, which is going to taste different than a Colombian coffee, especially in a different medium, not just brewed with hot water. But with that, you know what I mean? With actual beer and ingredients and stuff like that. So uh, I think you're doing great. I think those that sweeter coffee does come through. I think that's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a good it's a good addition. I, I like this beer a lot. I can't I can't say enough about it. What about your uh, yeast? Right Let's do that. Yeah, for this one I used uh, just flagship, so just just Cali, Cal Ale yeast. Um, I make a huge starter cool. for this one, you know, the night before, <laughs> just because <laughs> there's so much residual in there. It just it needs, and you know, some of it does blow out of the fermenter even just because it gets rolling so so much. So I keep a pretty good sized bucket underneath the fermenter just to make sure it can blow off into there. Um, wow, you know, not like the old days when I was you know fermenting in the closet and mm. you know beer beer would explode all over your clothes. And, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what so. was, what was your fermentation temperature? Uh, I started pretty low, uh, about 64. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I let it kind of ramp up to about 68 at the finish. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty good idea to stop. I mean, those fusel alcohols, if you get them, are going to come from a rapid temperature excursion at the beginning. And if you kind of hold it down to 64, they, the yeast can kind of get a good start without going crazy and making totally. a bunch of off flavors. Yeah, for where, sure. Um, yeah, where did the, yeah. the final final gravity land? You started at 11.05. Yeah, it's, it ends 10, at about 10.30-ish. 20, 10, 20, 10, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's so a that's good that coffee. That, the coffee bitterness has to. You have to add coffee to this beer, or else it's just yeah. like it's a pastry stout almost without uh, the coffee. You know, which is not not anything that I really want to drink. But um, no, you this know, is you you're right. This is coffee. about as close as I want to get to that level of sweetness and that level of integration with um, those kind of like you know. I think the your caramel flavors, mm. your caramel additions, are doing you a service because, like Cooper was saying, it is sort of like coffee. Uh, with cream or whatever, um, you know, we've had a few East Coast breweries do that kind of thing um, a few times on the session years back, and it, right. it's great. It's good. It's very drinkable, and it's it's a cool, a cool you know way to make a beer. But um, totally. yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, you need. You, I, I think those caramel additions are helping with that perceived sweetness. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's cool. Before the, uh, you know, I, I kept, I still have a couple gallons in a smaller keg that I haven't added anything to yet. Mm, um, just, I might try a different coffee, uh, you know, brand or type on that this time. I'm just kind of letting it kind of cold condition for a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when you guys got those bottles, it was still a pretty fresh beer. Um, I think I brewed it. I brewed it in like mid December. Oh geez. Okay. Yeah. But then it, I let it, I stay, I keep it in the fermenter for a little while to just kind of cold condition and crash it down. And then I keg it and it conditions a little more in the keg, but I think it's a beer that can just hang around for months and months, you know, in the keg because it's yeah. not all that, you know. Do you keep yeah. like a library of this? Do you keep like six bottles around and then maybe every once in a while you go back and you drink through four or five of them? I would love to see how this, how this ages out over a year or two or three. For sure. Yeah. Um, I try to, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> <You're okay. laughs> yeah. that's fair, man. You know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. So. It's like my uh, my celebration ales. I can't hang on to them. <laughs> yeah, I, just, yeah well, I just drink those things. Man. Uh, you can't do that, man, because then you can't be sitting here on February 15th having one, you know? Seriously, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got one in the garage. I'll go get one right now. There you go. Mm. Oh, there you go. Uh, all right, anything else on either side? Ryan, do you have any questions for, for these guys or vice versa? Um, I don't think so. You guys hit, you guys hit all the points. That was, cool. Yeah. I think uh, all yeah. the info. I think Ryan's the only home brewer in Oregon to make one hop addition in a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and use 50 pounds of malt too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Any Seriously. particular uh water wise that you did to to balance out all the dark malts in this or, you know. Not really. I uh we have really soft water here in the Willamette Valley. It's coming right out <clears throat> right out of the Cascades and uh, I do I charcoal filter it. Um and for this beer, um, yeah, I don't really add anything. I do add a little yeast nutrient, um, but yeah, that's about it. Yep. Cool. <laughs> nice, uh, really. good, good water to start with. That's yeah. very helpful. That's amazing yeah, that you sure. made such a, a clean and, and, uh, not hot beer, uh, <laughs> at, at the, you know, 10, 11% almost, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, sure. this is so well, the good job there for sure. Yeah. Right on. All right, well, uh, if that's it, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll learn more about Ryan's story and what he's doing over there at Old Standby. So hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. I almost said Dr. Session. Um, We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grog Tag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. Grog Tag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. Grog Tags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. 
The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. We are here with Ryan from Old Standby Brewing. Now, Ryan, tell me about Old Standby. What What's your deal over there, up there, out there, in there? Yeah, man. Um, I'm up here in Salem, Oregon, uh, originally from Long Beach. Uh, my brother and I started brewing back in the mid-'90s. Mm-hmm. He, uh, we had a little apartment in the east side of Long Beach. There you go. Uh, down in California, and he shows up one day after work with the with the homebrew kit from Steinbart's, our our local homebrew shop down there in Long Beach. Okay, yeah, uh, man, they they've been a, that that shop's been around forever. And uh, so, man, we we got to it. We got in the kitchen and uh, whipped up whipped up some batches of beer, and they were probably pretty terrible, but we drank them anyway. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, came over and they usually yeah. are, dude. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're drinking Sierra Pale and Sam Adams at that time, and. Uh, you know, there's a little beer bar around the corner. We were drinking Widmer wheat, you know, Widmer hefts, mm-hmm. and you know, it was it was time to start. You know, see was, if we could see if we could do that. It was the '90s, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like yeah. that. That's it encompasses perfectly drinking in the '90s. Just like, yeah, you know, got Widmer Hef, <laughs> you got Sam Adams. Exactly. You're living the high life, man. Exactly. Yeah, and then uh, you know, we had uh, we were in a pretty rough neighborhood, so we had we had some dudes that would. Uh, well, yeah, you said long drop by occasionally. All right, I've been to the Walmart to the Walgreens in uh, Long Beach once, and uh, that was very. I still wake up screaming. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some rough neighborhoods for yeah. sure. There's some there's some amazing parts, but uh, absolutely, we oh, yeah, in, sure. You know, we we couldn't afford the uh, the good parts, so no. You know, we were we were in a pretty rough neighborhood, so um, yeah. So we're brewing in the kitchen, and uh, you know, we did that for a little while, and then my brother got pretty heavily into it um he was brewing uh way more and i was just kind of assisting him for the first you know seven or eight years and then he he advanced up to you know the igloo coolers and in the backyard we we he moved over to a house and got you know had space in the backyard and kept going with it and uh yeah and then he stepped up to the tippy dump system oh. there in like the mid you know early I think it's probably early 2000s. Sure. That more beer system. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Went out there to Riverside. I think they have a, they have a location on Riverside. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. So he bought one of those and man, then it was seriously on. Um, we had a lot of beer to go through. And so a lot of friends would show up and it was just mm-hmm. a good time, <laughs> you know, brewing in the backyard and, you know, having, having, having a great time with it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then like mid 2000s, I moved up here to Oregon. Uh, I have three daughters. And so, I was teaching and didn't have too much time to brew right away. And I kind of got back into it once I moved up here and then I was just brewing on my own and doing my own thing here in the garage, uh, mm-hmm. you know, started off real simple again with a single kettle and little propane burner, you know, and yeah, just, just brewing, you know, simple beers and having a good time doing it with friends and family around. And uh, yeah, I just kind of kept going with it and entering competitions and, 
winning some awards, which is always cool and getting <laughs> feedback and, uh, right. you know, meeting a lot of people around through, through brewing, you know, there's always a lot of cool people around when you're, when there's beer around. Oh, right? sure. So, yeah. 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 There's always a lot of people around. It takes you yeah, running exactly. out of beer, I think, to figure out if they're cool or not, you know? Yeah, for sure. The yeah. neighbor, you know, you roll the garage door open and the neighbors just like appear, you know? Yeah. It's all, it's so, almost like, uh, like if you have a problem starting your lawnmower, suddenly all the dads in, in the neighborhood go, well, you need, uh, have you checked the, yeah. you know, I got a thing, you know? Yeah. For sure. Except in this case, they all show up with an empty glass and they're like, hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's, <laughs> yeah, what's going, going on? on over here? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just kept going with it. And, um, in 2017, I stepped up to this all electric system. Um, it was kind of the first version of the, of the spike system. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so three 20 gallon like kettles with the Herms, Herms coil and the hot liquor tank. And, uh, I bought a couple of SS fermenters. This, I could finally like afford some of this stuff. There and you so go. saved up and, you know, paid some of it off over, over, over time. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right, right. So yeah, I just kept going with it. And then, um, you know, just, the word kind of got out around town through my social media and stuff that, you know, I had beer and, you know, people were wanting it and yeah. I'm like, all right, I can't really sell it to you. So just come over and, you know, I'll fill a growler for you or something like that. It was before I had the, had the October canning machine and all that. And so, yeah, I just kept going with it. And uh, then I decided, all right, maybe it's kind of cool to donate, start donating some of this money to charity. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah. So I, I created this this brand name, Old Standby. It's like a trusted, trusted and reliable. You know, mm-hmm. is the kind of the tagline for it. <clears throat> well, you've been yeah. you've been brewing long enough, where where uh, it, it sounds like you would be reliable on, on making good beer. You know, you've brewing for twenty something years. You should know how to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, You're right. And, yeah, and then this this brewery down down the street here had me teaching some. Uh, I have a teaching background, and so they had me teaching some beer and brewing classes and. That was kind of cool. So Neat. the word was getting out and people wanted to try my beers and stuff. And so I'm like, all right, yeah, just, you know, make a donation. And, you know, I had hats and shirts and glassware and stuff like that. And then I was just donating all the proceeds to charities. Um, each month or two, I'd choose a new charity and all the proceeds would go towards that, you know, monthly charity. That's cool. So, man. yeah, I put wow. a website together and it's like as far as I could go without actually owning my own my own brewery, you know, like I'm just like, yeah, I mean like, yeah. you know, I, I think a few people, you know, will have a brand for their home brewery and then maybe they'll go on like grog tag and get a metal sign or whatever. Right. And like, that's their swag for their brewery, but to sell it enough to where you're, you're making, um, you're, you're making a profit. It's not just that cost because oftentimes, you know, you make a t-shirt one off and it's like expensive to do. So you're not really up charging anybody, but in order for, for you yeah. to make a profit, and then to have enough to be able to donate, even if it's 15 bucks, right? You're still doing that. That's still a lot of faith that people have in the, in, in the brand name, or at least just your cause to, to purchase merch from a brewery. That's not really a brewery. <laughs> Some dude yeah. in his garage taking a break exactly. from work, right? Like that's pretty yeah. cool, man. That's got to feel good. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. It's, it's been fun. I've just been kind of rolling with it. And then uh, I mean, like, 2019 2020 kind of right around when covid kind of got rolling um i was just trying to figure out how i could do a little more like i can only do so much with the you know with the little half barrel setup over here so yeah i hit up a local brewery over here a dude that i knew who just had like a two barrel you know one of those kind of garage garage type breweries and so okay. he had a little local spot and we brewed a, we brewed a little charity beer for uh, breast cancer awareness 
and uh, Yakima Valley Hops had a one and eight campaign. Um, and they, I, I, I hit them up and I said, Hey, will you guys donate the hops for, for this beer that we're going to do? And we're going to, you know, we're going to support the, uh, you know, breast cancer awareness with this beer. And they were like, yeah, I had a little connection with them already. You know, I'd been buying some hops from them. And, um, so yeah, they sent us the hops for the beer, which was, you know, on a two barrel system, it was only, you know, three or four pounds of hops. And That's so, nothing, man. Yeah, 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 for sure. To them, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. And right. so they were on board and it was cool. We brewed the beer and we kind of advertised it on our social medias and, you know, the two barrels is gone and, you know, super short amount of time. So then I was like, all right, let's, let's see if we can step this up. You know? so, <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what can we do next? You know? And so right around that same time too, uh, uh, some friends from the Oregon brew crew uh, mm-hmm. up in Portland, yeah, they were organizing a black is beautiful, uh, charity collab that was in 20 mid kind of early to mid 2020. Yeah. That sounds um, about right. Yeah. Yeah. When weathered souls was doing the, the black is beautiful yeah. beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, Michelle wonder up there in Portland, we, we kind of connected and she had organized this whole, um, this whole collaboration between 12 different home brewers and she organized it so that there was six different charities to donate towards and people, we advertised it. And so each of us 12 brewed like two cases of beer basically. And Mm. we, we packaged it. And so we ended up making, you know, a bunch of 12 packs and people would donate directly to one of those charities. And then they would send her, the information that they donated and we would reward them with a 12 pack. Wow. And so yeah, we, we did it. We did cool. two rounds of that and raised like between, it was around $11,000 between those wow. two, those two, um, you know, kind of charity collabs. And so after that, I was like, all right, let's, let's see if we can step this up a little more. And so uh, beginning of 2022, just the beginning of last year, Still trying to keep track of all these years. <laughs> it's, it's it's like permanently 2020, yeah. man. That's just, Seriously. you know, yeah. Yeah. So I, I decided, all right, let me see if I can brew six charity beers this year mm-hmm. uh, with, with commercial breweries. And so I, I, the only way I could do it was to have some incentive for them to brew with a home brewer. Right. You know? Like there's, you know, there's no reason for me to reach out like, Hey, let's brew a charity beer together. I, I, well, I got nothing. Yeah. Well, and also like, you yeah. know how many emails they probably get like that a year. It's like, oh, you know, come on, dude. Let's Plus see. all the people coming in, like, will you please try this? You, you know why I can sell you the recipe if you want, and we can split the difference. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So the way I tried to approach it was I'm going to need some incentive for them to brew with me before I even approach any breweries. Mm-hmm. And so I reached back to Yakima Valley hops and I said, Hey, I got an idea. I want to try to brew six commercial beers during this year, will you guys donate all the hops for those beers? I had no idea like how, how many barrels we were going to do yet, anything. And, Mm. you know, they got back to me in like, you know, 10 minutes through, this was through email and they were like, yep, we're on board. Let's go for it. Wow. See what you can do. And you're like, like, great. Cause I'm brewing at Sierra Nevada (laughs) on their (laughs) big Uh, system. uh, So uh, they're all triple IPA. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so, after that, I reached out to a contact that had at Imperial Yeast in Portland and was kind of the same thing. I said, you know, I want to brew six charity beers this year with commercial breweries. Will Imperial support with the yeast? Mm. And same deal. They got back to me right away and said, yep, yeah, we're in. Let's do it. And so then uh, I got an introduction to um, a rep 
uh, at Link Malt. They're a food co-op up in Spokane Valley. Oh, cool. And uh, Link Foods is the is the main corporation. And then about six or seven years ago, they branched off and started doing malting, malting line. And so, wow. and then, yeah, about three years into their seven years that they've been going, they had doubled capacity already. So reached out to Brian up there at Link and uh, told him what the plan was and he was on board right away. And so now I've got all the ingredients. I'm like ready to go. So I reach out, I start reaching out to breweries. I was, some of them I had some contacts with right away. Uh, there's a, there's a brewery restaurant here in town, uh, a Latin owned brewery called Chicha. And uh, so Matt is a friend, he's the brewer there and he was on board right away. So he was the first beer that we did. And we raised like $3,500 for a local charity here in Salem with that first beer. Wow. So, that's yeah, that's it was super great. Cool. Yeah. That's a so good like, response, right. man. Yeah. Yeah. This is way better than I was doing on my own here in the garage. What was that? What was the beer that you brewed? Uh, we brewed an IPA of for course. that one. We kept it pretty simple in the beginning. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, kind of the style that I like that he was on board with just a clean kind of West coast style IPA and, um, we ended up packaging about half of that in cans. And so those went out around town and they were in there to go, uh, cooler, you know, for people to grab on the way out. And yeah, it was super cool. Like it just, it just happened right away. And I was like, all right, let's, let's see, let's see what we can do here. And so I had another friend uh, that I used to work with here at the local brewery, um, who had, had, uh, transitioned to a job down at Ninkasi. And so we set up a little, we, we set up a five barrel collab there at Ninkasi, um, on their pilot system, which was super cool. And we brewed wow. a beer down there and yeah. And then, uh, I reached out kind of blindly to some breweries and got some good response back. And, you know, some of them, some of them were like, no, we're not into that, or we don't have time right now. And which was cool. It was, wasn't a big deal, you know, just trying to, trying to make these connections, um, you know, is, is tough sometimes when you, when you don't even know any of these people. And so, um, I had, I had had a phone conversation with Joel, the owner of Ex Novo a few years ago when I was thinking about starting my own brewery. And I, I talked to him about starting, uh, I don't know if you know about Ex Novo. They're a nonprofit, a not-for-profit, uh, model. And so we've and they've okay. expanded. They have sound expanded familiar. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 They're in New Mexico <laughs> I, I've had their now. beer. Yeah. And, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. So they, they started in Portland. And then uh, the owner, Joel, is originally from New Mexico. So he moved back there. They started another brewery there. I think they're getting ready to start or they're going to open a a third brewery in New Mexico now Mm, uh, in Albuquerque, I think. And so, yeah, they're growing. And so we brewed brewed an ESB there. We brewed 20 barrels and we canned uh, like 12 barrels of that. And it went off out in all the way up to Seattle. I heard I heard back from people, which was cool. Like people were hitting me up just strangers like, Hey, this is amazing. There was a little blurb on the back of the can that uh, talked about, you know, what charity we were going to donate towards and who, who the ingredient donors were. And um, yeah, people were just reaching out like, this is really cool. I love what you're doing. And, you know, it kind of, kind of kept me motivated and it was yeah. cool. I'm just doing this on the side. And so that one was fun. We, we, um, we supported a local uh, children's theater uh, group, a nonprofit with that beer. And, uh, yeah, so that was cool. And then I, I went down to California and brewed a beer with my friend Jared down there at Bearded Tang. Um, yeah, Stanton. Bearded yeah. Tang. What is, yeah. <laughs> what is the, you know, like, what is it? Like, uh, the only Tang I know is either the drink or the record company. That's it. Or Wu-Tang. Yeah, I think it's, or Wu-Tang, that's fish. true. <laughs> it's a fish? Wu-Tang okay. is for the children. That's right. 
Yeah, he, he's probably listening right now. So, uh, yeah, we, I, I brew a Pro-Am beer with him every year, too, for GABF. And uh, we've just been having a good time with brewing. So That's we good. stay connected through that. I've known him since high school. We were in we were in a punk band together after high school. Oh, and, no way. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's tight, man. Yeah. We've been pals forever. And so right. he always invites me down. We brew a Pro-Am. And so I hit them up for uh, for one of the charity beers. And, yeah, we donated to a, uh, a children's camp, actually, that provides camping outings for um, kids who have uh, who have diseases or disabilities where they can't they wouldn't normally be able to go on a camping trip because they hmm. need a lot of assistance. Oh, um, sure. Right. And right, so right. there's a charity called Dream Street and uh, they provide these wow. camping outings for kids. It was super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's so, really awesome. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. How do you how so, uh, how how do you. How do you just not just it sounds right. cold and that's not what I mean, but, you know, go like, how do you not stay with the like a chair like that? Like I would go like, how can I abandon these kids? I need to, you know what I mean? I would be hard to be like, okay, well, we've done that. Now let's move on to this other charity. Because everyone is, you know, uh, my wife and I try to figure out every year around Christmas, like, hey, we got to donate. Let's donate some some money. Let's, you know, give back. Let's do some things because we can't. And it's so hard because there's so many charities and there's so many deserving people sure. of your time and attention and money. How do you, yeah. how do you pick them? I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how you do it. That's there's, I feel yeah. bad if I don't support the same thing <laughs> twice. Right. When I reach out to these breweries, I kind of throw it out to them. Like um, if, we, if we're going to do this, then let's support a, a charity that, you know, you and your company are passionate about, you know, mm, smart. You every, give it to them. Every, yeah. You For give sure. the karmic yeah. weight to them. I get it. That's nice. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, just I, ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Since, since I've been doing a few now, I kind of have sort of a community oriented, you know, community, families, mm-hmm. children, you know, like that, that direction yeah. is kind of where we've been kind of going towards, which kind of just happens cool. on its own. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, I kind of leave that up to them and, uh, and it's worked out really well so far. So um, so it's, yeah, it's servicing so, the community that the brewery is in for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, just important. Definitely. I mean, that's great. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. This most recent one that I did is pouring right now out at, uh, this little community, Silverton. Um, it's about a 20 minute drive East of, of Salem mm-hmm. and uh, it's a small little town, you know, 10 or 10 or 15,000 people live out there, but there's oh, a wow. brewery, there's a couple breweries out there actually. And Silver Falls, um, is the state park that's out there. And so Silver Falls brewing is, um, one of the breweries that I, I just finished, they, we actually brewed that one. That was the sixth beer of, of 2022. And, uh, and that one's supporting, um, a foundation for a guy that was running a skate and bike shop in town. And he, he suddenly passed away a year or two ago. And Oof. so they started this foundation uh, in his, uh, in his name, because he helped to build the skate park. He was getting kids on skateboards and getting kids out outdoors. And yeah. so there's this foundation that's that's happening in his name at the fall line. He had a skate and bike shop called Fall Line. And uh so that that beer is supporting, you know, those kids in their community now and helping them, you know, get a skateboard so that they can go to the skate park because they don't have to stand on the sidelines and and watch other kids skate, you know. So yeah. it's 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 pretty cool. It's that's neat, it's, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did the six beers last year and you know, it was coming up towards the end of the year and I just kind of, I keep the communication open. I try to like keep the the pressure off the brewery as much as possible. You know, know, I don't, I don't want to add to their stress. I I don't put a, uh, I never put like a, a a requirement on how much they have to donate. 
every brewery has has come up with like sort of a different way that they want to do the donation. Okay. Um, yeah, one of the breweries decided we're going to donate the amount that all these ingredients would have cost us, but we didn't have to pay for them. So you know, it was like over two grand in ingredients cost for this beer. Then that's how we're going to do the donation. And some of the breweries do like the dollar a pint thing or a certain amount for a half barrel. You know, if those half barrels get you know sold off to different tap houses or whatever, and so I uh, just kind of keep it low key and let them kind of decide and not put like a dollar amount at the end, like oh you need to donate this amount at the end, and so yeah, it's a, yeah. Everybody's keep got different on. different figures, and and they need to keep sure. their lights on too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and coming off the COVID years, it was like I don't. Yeah. Is this even the right time to be asking breweries to do this? You know, right. and so uh, I didn't want to put any extra extra pressure on them to to be forced into something where they had to donate a certain dollar amount right their their can costs are doubling because the shortages everything's going on it was a crazy time to be yeah man you're you're crazy to do something like this almost (laughs) exactly you took on a a worthy challenge and and uh sounds like you had some fun with it too yeah for sure yeah cool yeah for the first five beers we did um i did those first five kind of earlier in the year and so i already had totals that were almost it was like nine and a half thousand we raised um, for those five charities. And then the Silver Falls beer was technically brewed at the end of 2022, but it wasn't released until just a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, we did a big, we did a Baltic Porter. And so it needed some time to, to kind of cold condition. And so that one just was released at a little stout, a little stout fest in Silverton where the community was totally involved and that, that skate shop was there and some other breweries were there and, you know, there's live music and other, community vendors and it was super cool and so now that one's still pouring out out at their uh, at their brew pub right now that's neat so, man that's a lot yeah. of goodwill to, to be passing around and i think that's what you know we should totally. be doing you know yeah, if, you, if you if you got the means to do it right do it man and maybe you can be an example to to, to someone else who wants to set this up in their area too well, it's I'm a thinking great like, way to get back yeah. yeah what you started yeah. with is like a few connections like we all probably, you know, Brian and, and JP and I, we have a few connections ourselves. Like mm-hmm, if we put right. our minds to something like that, it just shows you what the power of an idea can can be and where you can go or something. Sure. And, yeah. you know, I like the the kind of low pressure approach to it. And Me too. You know, totally. Yeah. I'm sure uh, the brewers yeah. appreciate that too. They got enough shit going on. Involving, you, you know, know what, totally. what they want to support and making it fun for them, giving, giving them sure. a little skin in the game too for like, oh, yeah. that's great. I can support this local skate park that was you know or the this you know skate shop the guy passed for away sure. and you know yeah, I'm sure totally. his family and and the skaters and the community appreciate that and and yeah. uh and the, the other children's camping thing we do a thing every year uh northern california homebrews festival a lot of our homebrew community goes and supports and um you know that supports getting uh i believe it's foster kids out to a camp for the summer mm-hmm. um and and we're their biggest. I mean, we all the homebrewers come for a weekend, and we pour beer. We're respectful of their space, and we, you know, have a cool. big. Everybody just pours their beer and shares with each other. There's music and fun and camping. Right and we just, you know, we give back to the community. But we're just there paying our ticket and having fun for the most part. Mm-hmm. But at the end, when they announce <laughs> yeah. how much money yeah. went towards the cause, it's like really, you know, heartwarming yeah. to you're having to like. You're having fun, Ryan, sweating over a mash tun, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another thing. I, I was like, some of the breweries were like, okay, are you going to sell some of this beer on your own? Or how do you want to handle that? And I'm like, no, you guys, the brewery still sells the beer as they normally would. Um, 
you know, you, they have their distribution channels that they, that they need to, you know, they need to fill. And, yeah. and so I just kind of left it up to them. Like, however you, however they wanted to sell the beer, then just keep, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, yeah. And so we're rolling into the next year now and I've got two more planned one next week um, in Portland at Zoigel house, which is a, a lager, a lager heavy brewery up in Portland. Um, I love it already. It's kind of, totally blindly reached out to this, this head brewer and uh, it, it just sent an email and told him about the project, about what was going on. And I had these ingredients companies, you know, who are signed on for another year. They're like, yeah, let's roll with it and see what we can do for the next year. So wow. I reached out to him and he called me like 10 minutes later after I sent this email. I was like, wow. Oh, and we, yeah, we had like an hour conversation, talked about the whole thing. And yeah. And so we planned it out now and we're going to brew a, we're going to brew a Dortmunder next week. And, uh, oh God. we, we both had a connection to, uh, this children's hospital that's in Portland called Dornbeckers. And, uh, and so we're going to brew a Dortmunder for Dornbeckers. <laughs> Dude, that's and, awesome. Uh, I love uh, it. Uh, yeah. uh. So, and, and we're going to brew like 22 to 24 barrels of this beer and we're going to can up a bunch wow. of it and it's going to go out all over the community. And so it's going to spread the word pretty cool. I'll send you guys the can art on that one. It, it Send me just, the can. Uh, Fuck the can art, dude. I don't give a shit. I want to drink the beer. <laughs> I mean, no offense. I'm sure the can art will be fucking fantastic, but you know, I want to try some. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, right. totally. I'll yeah send some absolutely. Down. Yeah, that's yeah, cool, man. So, sure. any yeah. any breweries listening? I know there are a few. Strangely enough, uh, people still listen to this show. Uh, how yeah. can they get a hold of you if they want to, you know, participate or maybe just pick your brain on how to set up something similar in in, in their area? Yeah, that'd be rad. Uh, I, through my website, I've got oldstandbybrewing.com. They can hit me up through the website. Yeah, that'd be cool. If, if, if a brewery just heard this and they were like, hey, we want to do that, they, then they would be the first one to actually reach out to me and say, hey, <laughs> that'd be cool. Let's brew a charity beer. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, that'd be totally, that'd be totally cool if they reached out that way. Nice. Uh, I have another one yeah. uh, coming up in Bend. Cascade Lakes Brewing out in Bend. They've been going for, I think they started up in the 90s. They've been around for a while. Yeah. It's one of those new ownership. Older names um, that I a, recognize. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Cool. I think in 2018, a family bought them, bought it out, and mm. uh, they turned it into a not-for-profit. And so it's like the Central Oregon not not-for-profit brewery now. Not-for-profit so brewery. God, so that yeah, seems weird to me. I mean, especially because sure. <laughs> as much as we've talked on all these shows about breweries struggling to make a profit totally. and to get paid, and you know, to pay their people yeah. and to expand and do all the stuff, like that's it seems sure. it seems wild to just sort of like ah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Can we keep the lights on? Let's do it. Yeah. yeah so they're, cool. they're actually brewing. They're actually um, building a new brew pub. And so um, I think it's going to be their third location. They have a, there's a little town north of Bend uh, called Redmond. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. where that's where their commercial brewery is. But then they, they have an older brew pub that's in Bend, um, kind of on the west side of town. And they're building another brew pub on the east side of town. It's, it's going to open with, it, with this beer, too. It will be available. Oh, cool, We're going to brew a kind of a hoppy hellis out there and that one's coming up in march sounds great too so, but we get the we get yeah. the imperial fucking coffee stout brian <laughs> come on uh, 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 whatever that's cool you know, man right um, you said something earlier that i i thought i don't want to kind of skip over and i think it's a right. good life i think it's a life lesson as well as one reason why you've been successful with this is that you just picked up the phone and started calling people you didn't know and that's sure. like one of the scariest things to do in life yeah, no matter in what, whatever context, but there's times you just have to do it. And it's a skill that you can learn. And I just, I, I think about that and I, yeah, I don't, know, I don't want to be 
all philosophical and shit on Dr. Homebrew, but that's just something that maybe people could listen to that maybe could help their lives in areas in up to and including homebrewing, but not necessarily including homebrewing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It is scary. It was kind of daunting to just kind of reach out to people that I had no idea (laughs) what they were going to say, how they were going to react. You know, that's... Who are you? What do you want to do? And you can only imagine that's what they're going to say. And it gets so hard to just, whether you're emailing or calling or whatever, that, that can be a, a, it's a difficult thing to do. So that's, that's partly, that's one of the things you have to do to be successful at some things. I wonder if it's almost like people are ready for that now. You know, there was a time where I think a lot of charity event, you know, there would be like charity uh, fundraising, beer events, like, uh, you know, charity, um, Come on, you know, like like beer, you buy a ticket and then a portion donates and people are going, oh, you know, you have to donate the keg and then turns out that's illegal. Can't really do that in some places. Right. And I, I wonder if there was a lot of focus on sort of internal you know, growth and we'll just keep it to ourselves and we'll just, you know, we're not going to really reach out and expend the money to, to, you know, donate or, you know, do these big, you know, cost, non-cost effective things, even though they're great for the community and uh, especially with COVID. Uh, I wonder if now is is that's that time when people are are ready to sort of branch out a little bit more, maybe sacrifice some of their uh, profits for the community that kept them afloat, you know, through the lockdowns and, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. I wonder if it's just it's just the perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah, it's worked out well. I'm I'm still kind of surprised that it's still kind of just rolling now and. It's kind yeah. of gaining momentum, you know. Good, it's it been... should. I hopefully it does, man. Hopefully this is just yeah. you're you you're known as like the charity beer guy. That'd, That'd be, be cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sounds very yeah. Uh, very synergistic. And it's like there's the you know the ingredients people. It doesn't sound like they're expecting a whole lot. Maybe they get a little logo somewhere on the cans, or not even that, For or sure. just get mentioned yeah. in an article or something. But you know, totally. it's just goodwill and and helping people out. And yeah. to them, you know, for some of these batches, it's a small amount, but it's getting. Sounds like it's getting bigger, 20 something barrel batches. That's a substantial for sure. donation for some of those ingredients. That's so. a lot. Yeah. Really yeah, is. Definitely. All yeah. right, Ryan, we're gonna yeah, let you go, place. man. Um, we're right. gonna we're gonna split. But uh yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for for your time and and for sending yeah, the for beer sure. and, and definitely welcome back anytime. If you guys are interested in learning more about uh Ryan and his beers, go to oldstandbybrewing.com and you can buy some merch. And, uh, you know, check out the collabs and the charities worked with and, uh, you know, learn a little bit more about what's up and coming uh, for, for that. Cool. Right on. Appreciate you yeah. guys having me on. Thanks, Ryan. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thanks man. for being on. We finished the uh, right uh, coffee stout. Oh, God. We got a whole we got another show to do, Brian. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> there might be some caffeine in there that'll keep it going. <laughs> well, yeah that's true yeah you're gonna crossfade on that uh hang on we're, we're gonna take a quick break everybody we'll be right back with dr homebrew stay tuned the leader in affordable high quality kegerators is here introducing comos the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind it features an all stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. 
Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Examination. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging on. We are about to get out of here. Thank you very much to Ryan. I was thinking of a, a Council of B- Ryan joke, but um, I, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think anybody would care. So I thought I'd yeah. explain the explanation of it instead. You know what I mean? I like that coffee, that coffee stout. It was good. I'm getting a little caffeine buzz. Yeah. Are you? He's like, yeah, man, I got to. <clears throat> got to clean well, or something. No, I man. felt it last, <laughs> last night when I when I judged it too. I was starting to get a little tired, and then I hit that one. It's like I start perking back up a little bit. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, man. I don't usually do coffee at night. You no, know, I having having more coffee stout would be a great way to go to sleep because there's more alcohol. That's right. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, just I just keep drinking that. You'll be fine. I was listening to uh, this radio guy, uh, Phil Hendry, my hero, and uh, he was saying like he read something where. Uh, sometimes drinking caffeine will help him get more tired because he's so tired. He's like overtired and it like elevates your back up, your brain waves back up to being tired again. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know about that. I think he's uh, fucking with me, but um, it seems, seems good to me. I don't know, man. My, my coffee roaster blew. So I had to uh, buy a fucking brand new coffee roaster. Shout out to the fresh roast SR 800 from more beer. Um, fucking great dude like my the coffee flavors have never been better and so I, I maybe that's why i'm like keyed in on on his coffee flavors uh they were dynamic and you don't really get that from from coffee beers too much and i was sort of almost disappointed to hear that it's just like ground in the keg because i i would always tell people that it doesn't work but i think but it, what that's teaching me is it's very much bean dependent and roast dependent you know? And in a, in a very dry beer, this would taste so much different, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, this is a very sweet beer. Yeah. And a very alcoholic beer. So, and it works. And the level was a little high. It's amazing that it was high on top of everything else that was there. 50 right. pounds of. I know. You know. And fermentables. Yeah. In the future, I want people to realize that like it, it is, it is being dependent. It's not just like, well, I took two row and I did, I mashed at 148 and then 156. And then here's the difference. You can't really do that with coffee. Coffee's not just coffee. It's very, very different. Um, the names are different for a reason, you know, even like in yeah. regions of Colombia, they're different. You know, farms have a different terroir. It's just like wine, like grapes, you know, and you got to find, you got to hit on the right coffee for you and then figure out what beer style to put it in and then figure out how to do it. So uh, it's just, it was interesting. It was, it was, it was one of the first times that I've, I've sort of like been caught off guard with, uh, with that because I'm so clever and smart. (laughs) All right. We're going to get out of here, everybody. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening live, stay tuned. We're about to uh, hit another show with my beer. Uh, an uh-huh. ESB, and then we have a mild to drink. Uh, but if you want to get on the show, email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. I know there's a guy in the chat room, Rob, who is berating you constantly uh, through the entire show, okay. Cooper, and you have not gotten back to him. So no more of this bullshit. Like, no one, uh, no one's sending us emails because Rob is patiently waiting. I think he's camped out at his <laughs> post office just waiting <laughs> for an address. <laughs> Uh, I'm on it. Yeah, you are. 
That a boy. All right, everybody. We're going to get out of here. Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Thank you very much to Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com right now and learn about the best ways to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment and your life, basically. All right, everyone. We'll see you. 